When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Performance Anxiety, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark, and I want to thank our sponsor, AKG, for sending us their Podcaster Essentials Kit. It's got an amazing Lira mic and an awesome set of headphones. If you thought about doing your own podcast, this is the best way to do it affordably. And this episode is one of those great ones that comes about due to a prior guest. Scarlett Sabet introduced me to the band Modern Guilt. I listened to the singles and reached out to drummer Scott, bassist Andreas, and singer guitarist jazz about doing the podcast and i'm so glad i did the guys are so much fun to speak with we talk about why it took a year to decide on their name andreas's love of kenny g and how the one thing that jazz can do is two things we had some timing issues with zoom and andreas so there's some interesting edits in here we go off on a few tangents but we always manage to bring it back around and keep listening after the initial sign off I listened to the extra bits that are usually left on the editing room floor and enjoyed them so much that I included them at the very end. There's a lot of talk about the state of new music and bonus material. So follow Modern Guilt at underscore modern underscore guilt on Twitter and at Modern Guilt Official on Instagram. Pick up their very first EP, You're Welcome, wherever you get music. Follow us at Performance ANX on social media. Merch is found at performanceanx.threadless.com. And we love it when you treat us to coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. And you're welcome for an episode featuring Scott, Andreas, and Jazz of Modern Guilt on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Fantastic. <laughs> That's what I like. So, <clears throat> take one, scene one. Welcome. This is Modern Guilt, Jazz, Andreas, Scott. And uh, you're listening to the Performance Anxiety Podcast. We've uh, just released an EP called You're Welcome because you're welcome. And uh, we're here to chat about it and any other socio-political issue that might arise over the course of the next seven and a half hours. If you have any questions, please write in. A number will be flashing across the bottom of your screen. It's not mine, but someone will get the questions. They may or may not respond. That's the modern guarantee. That's all I've got. That's I'm going to be I'm going to be completely out of words for the entirety of the podcast. I've, I've used up what little I had in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Scott sent us through a list of some of the people that have been on just so that we could we could feel really special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like no pressure, guys. But uh, and we do, and we feel really special. Oh, we do. I appreciate yeah. that. It's amazing because I've had incredible people and and us ten people listening. You know, I, I don't I don't know what I'm I'm really bad on the uh, marketing myself part. <laughs> no, oh, good. But I've been very lucky to have some incredible people on. I'm well, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying we're cheap and easy. No, <laughs> but we're kind of cheap and easy. Hey, all right, uh, I appreciate it. I mean, it didn't cost me too much to get you guys on. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Scott, did you ask for payment because you haven't shared that with us? <laughs> <laughs> Follow me. He'll be here. Andreas, be outside. He's the, yeah. he's the band vampire. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's. I mean, he's scanned. Come here when you come. Um, <laughs> Because we're on the call, but we'll we're waiting to get started. All right, bye bye bye. Is he almost um, there? He's just running at Holloway Road. Okay. Oh well, then he's so close. Do you, know, <laughs> you know where that is? <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, just down the way, down the road a piece. He knows. Yeah, he's uh, he, knows. he texted us about that's about fifty minutes ago. He said, "I'm in a, I'm in an Uber car just now." So I was like, okay. That's going to be an uh, expensive Uber. Yeah. You're going to have to oh, use God. some of that money I gave you, apparently. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what? Pay for that damn Uber. <laughs> this guy would be late for his own funeral. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to be like that for the longest time. I guess I'm still kind of like that, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, he gets away with it because he's lovely. <laughs> I don't. Get I'm an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I am an that, asshole. That was not the implication. <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't having it. It's too early in the day for me to start having yeah. a go at you. I'm still just being here. We, we're just still getting to know each other. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's fine. I, yeah, yeah. My rule in life is if I can't take it, I can't dish it out. So, <laughs> so that's, if there's one thing I have taught my kids, it's that. Because I'm brutal on them. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're good kids. So we can, I mean, we could just kind of get started. This is kind of the way the podcast goes anyway. It's just very casual. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys have heard a little bit. So, but before we, we do anything, I do want to thank uh, Scarlett Sabet for introducing me to you guys. So, oh, wow. It came through Scarlett. Yeah. She posted oh. uh, something about either one of the singles or the EP or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. And it had a little clip of the music, I, I believe, and I heard it. I'm like, ooh, this is excellent. I, so I reached out to her. I'm like, hey, do you think these guys would be interested in coming on the podcast? And she's like, yeah. Like, all yeah, right, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out and, and uh, see if, if, if we can get this to work. And Excuse me. Here I just burped in my own mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, here we are. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, I've known Scarlett for years, and she's wonderful, and she's a wonderful poet. Yes. And now to hear that this has come through her, I'm, I've, yeah, probably other examples. You're going to have to send her. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and we, one of these days we'll get actually get into the meat of the podcast, but uh, I'm having too much fun. So, Andrea. <laughs> oh, you know, you I'm just going to get our guitarist. Just give us two seconds. You got it, man. All right. Usually we try and do it all together. Yeah. Um, but I've had to do a whole bunch of other commitments this morning and and we live across other sides of London, so I couldn't get up there in time. Okay. Turns out it wouldn't have mattered if I was half an hour late. <laughs> um, yeah, there's me overestimating the timekeeping of the rest of the band. Oh, yeah. 
So, well, you got the one responsible one there, though. Yeah. So, all right. So, how how long of a trip? I've always heard that you know, going from one side of London to the other is, you know, like a day's journey. <laughs> is it really bad? It can be. Yeah. It can be. I mean, it it doesn't take too long. It's sort of about an hour. Wow. Still, that's still pretty mm. amazing for us. Just you know, one city. Hey. Andreas has arrived. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. <laughs> hey, Andreas, welcome. Hey, stop the traffic. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've heard that about London. Oh, yeah, that is shit for traffic. Yes. He lives next door as well. I know, he's only down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He lives next door. <laughs> man, so, that's a bitch of an Uber drive next door, and it still took 50 minutes? It's too fucking 40 minutes, mate. <laughs> Oh, it's really hot. It's beginning to sound like the Uber the Uber drive is a hoax. Like you weren't even in an Uber, yeah. you were just spending your time very slowly walking. Yeah, it was actually an Uber Eats and I just you mean sat outside eating things. Yeah. Uber beer, huh? Yeah. That's <laughs> that's an idea right there. Uber beer. Yeah, Uber beer. Yeah. Maybe. Well, the good thing with licensing in London is you can get beer everywhere all the time. Which uh, is pretty good. But unless you're locked down and then you got to figure out some way to get it. That is true. So how, all right, how, how is the situation in the UK right now? Cause in the U S things are opened up pretty much. It's, you know, you're on your own recognizance. You know, if, uh, if you're vaccinated or like you've had COVID, they basically say, all right, you no masks, you just, you know, back to life. Go ahead. How is it over there? I think people are starting to get tired of this shit um, and they're slowly stopping to care. Yeah. Even though we're technically still on lockdown. So, I mean, I'm working in the city in Seoul and like last night I was finishing a bit late and it's just exactly the way it was before the pandemic. Everybody's everywhere. It's a couple of more masks here and there, but yeah. people are out, out, you know, and people have been cooped up for a year and a half. So, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it was, we, everything was supposed to have lifted all the restrictions this this week, but it's had to be delayed for a month. Wow! Um, so it's, yeah, it's really frustrating. Oh, um, it is. And then, and then on top on top of that, you got the you got the football, which is like this. Oh, soccer. soccer. It's called yeah, yeah. soccer. <laughs> I think the rest of the world calls it soccer. All right. Well, I mean, uh, the rest of the world has been the rest of the, America. America calls it soccer. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Because 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 that's on, and it's the summer, and it's getting warm, and everyone's been cooped up for a year. There's like this cabin fever slash explosive debauchery, which has just hit London. Oh. And people, I mean, although the lockdown has kind of been extended, pretty much what it feels like the only thing it's hit in the UK is the music industry. So, are they allowing crowds, the uh, fans, into the uh, into the uh, football games? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's like reduced capacity just now. Um, that doesn't really change the fact that people still travel to see football in the city they're in, though. Yeah. Like how many? And also, by reduced capacity, you mean like forty-five thousand people. Wow. <laughs> that's you know, yeah. you got one coming up. It's about yeah. sixty thousand. Then it's like good point. Well, they're not letting like small festivals go ahead that are like five or ten thousand. Yeah, yeah and, and they place. did. They've been doing these pilot things where they get sort of people who are vaccinated and they've got proof of it. They do like little indoor festivals, and they've done them up in Liverpool, I think. And yeah. 
and they, they've gone really well. Like there's been no increase in outbreak of like coronavirus, any of that. So even though they've done the trials and they've got the data back, it's still not making any headway towards reopening venues. Wow. The problem is that the nature of the whole fucking shit show situation we're in is that people like us are the ones being hit very, very hard. Again, it's like poor people yeah. are being hit the hardest. And there's very, very little support for it's like if arts and stuff here. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, you know, you guys and you know the people who've lost their job, there's not a whole lot of recourse. So. Yeah. Think about it this way, it's like any change to a status quo that you have in a society will always hit working class and fringe yeah. And people on the fringe first and the hardest always. And it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. If it's a virus or if it is a musician or just a bartender or fucking cab driver, you know, yeah. it's like we are the ones who are going to be hit the hardest, whatever happens. Yeah. And it just, fortunately, there's a fucking virus. Yeah. You know, exactly. So, all right. So we got virus talk out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So, are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've been recording for 20 minutes. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. We, we've been we've been brought in on this podcast as the English specialists on COVID. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, you guys are uh, in a band too. Oh yeah, Google University. Okay, so and that, that's part of the thing. I've, I've there's three of you guys. There's you three in all the promo pictures, mm. but I also see in in the uh, press release that there's five guys in the band. So, are are there? Is it a you guys are a trio or is it is it a five piece it's five uh basically myself andreas yeah. and jazz were the sort of core that set up the group okay and i've been writing and then we needed other people to make the songs come across live yeah. um and we've got glenn and dan who are amazing um and they they add a lot to our sound and you know, it's it's great. Like they're good mates, they're great musicians. Um, they bring a lot to it as well. All right, friends. Makes it easier to work with. Oh, that's good. That, yeah, that helps. What I like to start off with usually is how you guys really got into music in the first place. Not necessarily as a band, just what was steering you towards music growing up. Was there a lot of music in the house? Were your parents into music, or, or, or are you the the black sheep who's different from everybody else in the family? So, Andreas, so let's get you. Let's let's start off with you. All right, I'm an old metal kid, actually. Um, my uh, my parents are old hippies, and about, I mean, and I have older brothers, and they were like they they're like eight nine years older than me, oh, okay. which means that in the eighties they were metal kids when I was just a little baby. You know, I was breaking into my brother's room and playing his Fleet No More and Metallica and Nuclear Assault albums. Oh wow. And, yeah, and I mean, it was also the fact that there's always been instruments lying around in the house that, you know, you all do fucking around with. Uh, so I went to music school quite early and played bass. And I mean, you have the, the Keys of Butler was one of my big favorites. And Scott Reader, which I saw you interviewed on your podcast. Yes. He's like a personal hero in Caius. Oh, um, nice, yeah. John N. Twistle is a cool guy as well. But uh, but it's been mostly metal. And then I get more mellow the older I get, I guess, you know, <laughs> into that Yes, and the 60s came along with it. Tends you to know, happen. I always loved, loved old music, like especially I had a very big 60s and 70s period, which is probably still going on, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, it's good news. It's hard like metal always. Like, I'm Swedish, so it's in the blood, man. Oh, oh God, yeah. Yeah. Black metal. Fuck yeah. yeah. So, Scott, how did you get into music? 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess. Well, when I was a teenager, really into football and wasn't soccer. particularly soccer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't particularly great. But um, I guess like my parents got me into music. Um, amazingly, bought me like secondhand drum kit. Started doing lessons, and it was I guess the thing that I thought I was actually all right at. Um, and then just continued from there. Like, um, like Andreas, like was into like a lot of old, like sixties, seventies music as well growing up. Um, and yeah, just been playing in bands on and off pretty much for the last 20 years, I guess. Oh, wow. It feels like, yeah, quite, quite a while. What was it that made you guys and jazz? I'll get to you in a second. I'm not, I'm not forgetting the, the... <laughs> I'll be back to you later. <laughs> <laughs> so what what was it that made you guys think that this was something you wanted to do professionally? When when did that bug hit that if you wanted to pursue, really pursue music? I I thought uh, first first concert I went to is a an English band called Ocean Color Scene and the oh, drummer yeah. did the drum solo. Uh and I was just amazed um you were just watching that and then when you get to sort of do it yourself whether you're playing like in a really small venue in front of your friends or, you know, we've been lucky enough to play some really, really big shows over the years. Like just that buzz that you get being on stage is like, wow, I want to, want to keep doing this. It's uh, addictive. So for you, it wasn't a song that you heard and said, Oh, I want to do this. It was actually getting up there. And then when you had that feeling, you're like, yeah, okay, this is something I, I got to keep doing. Yeah, I guess okay. so. And then, you know, look, look, with writing music or listening to music, you um, you get, you know, it brings a lot of emotion or or energy, or you get you get so much out of listening to different types of songs. And you know, so that added with like the buzz of playing in front of people, um, and writing music, creating, it's it's all like I can see that. Ace. Yeah, I can completely see that. I feel more uh, I needed is as a release, so not so much. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the moment, the one of the reasons why I took up instruments to begin with was that it's it's an outlet for all the anxiety that you got going inside, and whether or not you make money on being able to express yourself may be just in front of yourself. Yeah. Then everything else comes as a bonus. So I've never really seen the fact that like I need to do this for a living. For me, it's been like I need to do it so I can get a stress relief. Basically. Ah, okay. So, Jeff. Um, Hello. Hey, back to Jeff. <laughs> Another introduction. I felt like I was sort of a um, co-host just listening to you guys, and I was thinking, what can I ask? It's well, very you, interesting. When it, when it flipped over to your face, all I saw was... <laughs> so, all right, so Jess, when, what was... How did you get into music in, in the first place, and at what point did you really decide to pursue it as a career? Oh, um, I think no one in my family was big into music. No one played instruments. My dad doesn't even listen to music. Oh, um, how is that possible? Well, <laughs> he, so he's always said this, like, I don't, I don't listen to music. And he would, he would repeat the same line. He'd misquote a Leonard Cohen line from Suzanne every other day. And that was sort of the extent of his his sort of the music that was reflected to me from him growing up. Wow. Um, and my mum listened to Bruce Springsteen and Elton John. Okay. So Bruce Springsteen was probably 
is what is like the soundtrack to most of my formative years. Wow. So it ended up being a massive influence. That's and, that's pretty wild because he is uniquely American. Oh God, so American. So and what, like was, what was very what was very strange is sort of being about six years old and feeling like I was identifying with like American dock workers and you know you know union guys right. because of all the emotions that he was speaking about you know that feeling of being like trapped in a dead end town and I was like. Yep. It doesn't really make sense. I grew up in London, not exactly a dead end town, quite the opposite. Right. <laughs> but I felt really drawn to it. I think whatever it was, it was the way that it made me feel. That is what I got hooked on. Right. And it was just when, and for me, a huge part of it was the feelings I get, you know, that thrill, that buzz, when it's just like a tiny little backing vocal or a tiny like hook or a guitar solo or a drum fill. And it just, it gives you like, it's like a little punch in the stomach of pure joy. Yeah. Like I wanted to then always have that type. Or I wanted to then make it so I could like, like pass it on and then always have my own version of it. And the other part of it was I thought musicians were really cool. Yeah. I thought being in a band was really cool. And I really wanted to. Yeah, that's basically it also. Yeah. Like I can, I can sort of, I can give you the whole spiel of my sort of musical formative years, you know, the chronology of how I developed and how it tapped into my emotions. What it boils down to is I'm so desperate to be cool. That's so true. <laughs> In order to sign up for that one. <laughs> You've got this like Christian Bale aura to you. Sorry, can you just say that again and I can record it? Sure, you've got this. <laughs> Fuck. Amazing. I mean, but, you can tell me that every day. But it's kind of... It's, it's got to explode. It's kind of like Christian Bale in American Psycho. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, that's a new Huey Lewis in the news. Huey Lewis. Have you read the I'm book? Not sure, I'm not sure what, what I'm channeling to bring the um, <laughs> psychopathic Wall Street into this, but I like it. I can use that. You can't. It's, I don't know what I can use it for apart from murders. <laughs> well, then you can write about them. You can make music about the murders. Yeah. It could be a double, e double, a double EP. Isn't that just called an LP? No. Yeah. No. It's 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 called called the EP. No. The EP. The EP. So, what point did uh, did you start singing? Was singing your main musical outlet at first, or was it guitar? It or was, was it something guitar. else? Well, I mean, so it was. I've always written. So I've always written all sorts of different things, and it just turns out that I don't have the attention span to write a full story whatever I wrote got shorter and shorter and shorter. And it turns out that I think along the way, I found out that what I was really interested in was like capturing something really small and really pure, whatever that might be. And so it just turned out that songs and, and poetry was for me, the way that I managed to get it across better. And I didn't have to worry about plots. You know, even now when I'm writing, I have a very vague idea of what I'm writing about until it's done. <laughs> um, and then I just make it up. That's awesome. But, so it, I always wrote, and then I started playing the guitar a bit. And then, I, you know, I mean, there's a, you know, uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues. Yes. Where in the video, Dylan is holding up all those cards, and there's a really famous still of him holding up the one which says, I can't sing. Yes. That is sort of the, the most deeply burnt in memory of, like, me growing up trying to play music, which is, I can't sing. 
Um, <laughs> and the main thing was is that it didn't matter. Like, you know, he found ways, Dylan, for God's sake, like yeah. it just didn't matter. He found a way and he did it. And uh, yeah, I just, I basically just wanted to like tell stories. And it was about finding people who were better at music than I am to make me look good. And Welcome, Scott and Andreas. Yeah. <laughs> hi, so how, hi, hi. How are you doing? <laughs> so how did you guys all meet? You guys are making that up stories. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. I think that they're trying to come up with stories to talk about. It's going to be funny, but it didn't really work out. Hard job, man. You know what? It's kind of funnier to me when things just fall flat. That's even better. I love that. That's, that's the uh, routine we were going for there. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, kudos. It's the, same, same, it's the same routine we've got when we're playing live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So before we got so rudely interrupted by Zoom's insistence that I pay them to do a meeting longer than 40 minutes, <laughs> what, how did you guys all meet up? Uh, oh, it's on you. It's on me. Okay. Um, <laughs> So a few years ago, Jazz and I met through some mutual friends. We were out in Camden one night and we just got chatting. I thought I recognized Jazz. I thought he was famous. Turns out he wasn't. <laughs> he <laughs> there he was. Actually, he thought it was Harry Styles from one Eric Styles. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we um we got chatting about like starting a new band project. And I guess like a week or so later, like I've I've played with Andreas. For like 10 15 years, years, 15, something, 15 a lot, the too much. Yeah, <laughs> insane. yeah. We'll go and, 12 um, and a half. We'll cut, we'll... Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so that we, we, about a week or so after I met Jazz, the three of us met up and uh, just to see if we kind of shared the same sort of musical, musical interest and see if we got on with each other, I guess. We, we hadn't really heard, well, we hadn't heard Jazz play. <laughs> um, <laughs> By that point, it was too late. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, I guess a few weeks later, we organized the rehearsal, but the plan was to like go in with no one had any music or, or like song ideas before. We just wanted to have a, like a jam for a few hours to see what kind of music we would come up with and, you know, yeah, like what I mean, style I, and yeah. stuff. So I remember talking to you and I, I remember thinking like the, the I mean, at least you have to, there's some ups and some downs. And I mean, Jazz, at least he has all of his teeth. <laughs> That's a that good start. Yeah, yeah, I guess that was about it, really. And then it just went on. We didn't have anybody else. And yeah. <laughs> well, at, the, at the very end of that first rehearsal, we came up with the track called Hoping for the Hoping, which was our first single. <laughs> So that was like, yeah, yeah, wow. It's a simple song, so it's like four chords, really. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that became a bit of a blueprint for like our our sound and direction in a way. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, we went from there. We, I guess, a few months of writing together to get enough material that we thought was good enough to play a set, and then that's where we got Glenn and Dan involved, and you know, we've just been 
been going ever since. Oh yeah. I mean, the cool thing like, because it went so quick in the beginning is like getting down material and then throwing material away as you're making new material, I think is very important for a creative process instead of saying, we got to have five songs. Uh, we have four songs. We need to write one. And then you <laughs> yeah. write something that's great. Yeah. But if you just keep on writing, you have like the, you can choose what the best of the best. And then you can, you know, yeah. the best of the worst. That makes it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best of the worst shit you got. Yeah. We had the good shit and the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I hadn't played in about six or seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I, I'd spent a long time out. Really? What, um, what made you which, get out? It was also a perfect excuse for being absolutely terrible. That's true. <laughs> I could say, guys, I'm going to get better. Don't worry about it. Just give me some time. <laughs> Six years and ago, this would have been amazing. By the point they realized I wasn't going to get any better, it was too late. <laughs> <laughs> we committed. Yeah. You already made all the t-shirts. It's basically a t-shirt. So what, what made you uh, leave music for a few years? When I was about 20, I sort of injured my arm and, and then the project I was working on at the time collapsed and sort of lost everything and then got really bitter. Mm. And basically, you know, I couldn't play. I'm not a good enough singer not to play the guitar. <laughs> so, And I'm also not a good enough guitarist not to sing. So I've carved myself out. And I've also got the ego of a front man. So really... <laughs> There's like one thing I can do, and that is like a combination of two that things. Little package, yeah, very carefully managed by the real musicians, Scott and Andrea. Um, <laughs> and Natalie, yeah, as well. I mean, they're, they're the better ones, to be honest. <laughs> whoa, 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 shut up. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So how did you guys choose the name Modern Guilt? That's unique. Oh, God. Jazz Eagle. We spent quite a lot of time going over back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. From like right from the beginning to pretty much the point when we didn't settle on a name until shortly before we played our first show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we were called Scott's New Band for a while, <laughs> which I really like. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Great. Yeah, I, I really like that name. Jazz and Because apparently... Other people in the band. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we we wanted a name which because we we all knew that like choosing a good band name is so hard. Oh yeah, and so we 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 would like come up with something, we'd put it on for a few weeks and just see how it felt, and then invariably we'd throw it out the window. We wanted something that could mean a whole bunch of different things, so that it wasn't. It wasn't one thing or another. Like you could take from it, much like, you know, the way that we write, you can take from it what you want. Mm -hmm. And whatever reason we came up for it, it's kind of irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. I I think it's, yeah, you're very right there, Jess. It's like the thing, we found something that nobody hated, which was great. (laughs) And then working your way out of that is like, because I mean, the name means something to me as well. But it means something completely different for Jasper Scott, for example. Okay. Yeah. I mean, also, it's a really good Beck album, uh, which we <laughs> yeah, all like. That's true. I mean, I remember the Beck album, and when I started trying to do research for you guys, that's like everything that came up. Yeah, I, I know. Like, you thought you were getting Beck on this interview, but <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> well. You're getting the Beck of Bermondsey. Yeah. <laughs> Beck of Bermondsey. Less Scientology, though. Oh, there you go. 
Oh. Not not completely out the window, just less. Yeah, just yeah. Less. So, right. we, we used to um, we like we had a WhatsApp group of the three of us before we decided on the name, and we used to change the the name of the WhatsApp group to what we thought was going to be the prospective band name. And then after about two weeks, everyone's like, "Nah, it's not that. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel right." And then someone mentioned Modern Guilt, and we all looked at each other and went, "That's it." Yeah. So nice. it, was, it was pretty clear, f- not to go back to a Scientology reference, but it was pretty clear when that happened that that was the the one that everybody liked. Then it was it would almost like there wasn't a whole lot of discussion about it. It just kind of came up and everybody was happy. Yeah, yeah it, it, it felt it, really organic it, when it came. We were sitting down talking about exactly what it could mean, and it could mean some everything that we think that it could mean that meant different for different people. Everybody could still be behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's really interesting because a lot of times I hear you, you'll get a band with a unique name, like Modern Guilt, and they're like, yeah, we had a gig and we didn't have a name, but we had to give the promoter a name, so we just made something up and it stuck. And that's just what Free we Free beer usually works as a good bad name to get people in. Yeah, but you know the doors? Free beer. The doors. The doors were not to close the doors until they read the checklist and see that the doors yeah. were open. Curfew. Curfew is a good band. Yeah, I love those <laughs> Early stuff is brilliant. <laughs> the early stuff. Yeah, the, the early curfew. Yeah. So all this happened in, what, 2019, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess. Um, yeah, 2019. Yeah, because yeah, we, we ended up playing O2 in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Just a couple of weeks before it all shut down. The, so the band was basically a baby band when the lockdowns really started to hit. Yeah. How did, I mean, did that have a, a big effect on you guys? Cause you know, no oh. touring. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys were rehearsing. Yeah. Well, cause the, the first gig we did, it, it was incredible. Um, such a big audience. Everyone was really into it. We had a great time and the plan was shortly after we were going to release the first single and have a video and, you know, a good promo campaign, yeah. hopefully do some touring as well. But because we went into lockdown, all that had to be put on hold. So it was about six months, I think, until we we could actually get everything together. Like we couldn't shoot the video because everyone had to stay indoors, and yeah. studios so, were closed. And we studios were closed. We just finished. We were booking in like a couple of tracks that's on the EP. Like yeah, that had to be postponed. Yeah, yeah, that months. got put back a few months. So we we and were we doing we were doing writing sessions over like zoom calls and things wow um the same thing it's not yeah but it was it was because i mean the way the way that we write it's basically followed that first rehearsal we go into a room for hours and then see what comes out of it so it's, it's part of part of this project which is really different for me which is we write the you know the foundation of the songs together okay so everything you know so someone comes in with an idea and then it gets sort of adapted and it evolves and and things get taken out and things get changed and between all of us in the rehearsal room and so it's like a really it's a really collaborative experience and over zoom it's just not the same because we you know i can't sit staring at a computer screen for three hours yeah you know one person being on mute while the other people talk or try and play you something Um, oh that's got to be maddening it is it's yeah. that, that, that's the buzz of like playing in a band together is the energy we all have in that room or on stage and yeah. um just not the same 
exactly. And then if you know if if you got you can't play off each other, you know. Yeah. With internet lag and all, it's it's got to be incredibly frustrating. I've seen <laughs> I've seen bands and collaborations on Zoom where they're all playing like I think it was a couple. I don't even want to say who it was because one of them was on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> they played YYZ or YYZ. See, Americanizing yeah. everything by Rush, and like you can't wow. do that over Zoom. I mean, somebody's gonna lag, and it had to be pre-recorded and then comp yeah, together. Yeah. The most mathematical and the most technical shit you can ever play over fucking Zoom. <laughs> I have to Oh, like, man, yeah. to Russify. Russify. <laughs> Maybe you can get away with some mud honey or something, but not yeah, much. You know, no, now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mud a bit jelly, actually. Yeah. That's, hey, Steve Turner was my first episode ever. So. Yeah, I saw that. So I was I was doing some research on your podcast oh, before God. this. Yeah, I was so excited when I found out you interviewed Kenny G. And then I read, it was the other Kenny G, not the saxophone Kenny G, which I was like, that would be amazing. Yeah, well, it was his drummer, man. He, it was, the other Kenny G is awesome too, man. So it's like, that, but it's not saxophone Kenny G. No, it, was, it wasn't actually Kenny G. It was Kenny G's drummer. It was, but yeah. it was the real Kenny G's drummer. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. It, you know, Songbird. Oh. It was his drummer. He was on that track. Yeah, he's a oh, fucking drummer, I have to say. I, I'm not a massive fan of Kenny G. I just love... I love Kenny G because the era that, that that spawned that made it possible for people like Kenny G to be a million selling megastar for playing his saxophone the way he plays his saxophone. Yeah. It's something fucking heartwarming in that, you know. <laughs> I don't fucking like it. I really don't like it. But I just love the fact that they are, have been able to be such big superstars okay. because they're amazing kids, or every single one of them. Like they're insane. They really are. And- Gigi Gonaway is the coolest. His he's got the yeah. best laugh in the business, and he looks up all the time. Oh, he's <laughs> well. The, you know what's crazy is that all right. So he played on like the biggest selling song of ever on that songbird yeah. Kenny G track, oh, yeah. but he also played on Mariah Carey's MTV Unplugged performance. No shit. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean. He's like a soft rock superstar. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a step down, Kenny G to Mariah Carey, but really? still, she's done all right. He's, she's done okay. I mean, he's out of the group. He is the sexier one. He's definitely. Oh, yeah. He's got better that, hair. That, that hair, exactly. Oh, boy. That, yeah. that yeah. takes some special DNA for that hair. That's, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's something else. All right, so for the you guys have an, an EP coming out. Well, actually, it's out at this point. Were the songs written before the, the the everything came into lockdown, or were you just were you was that part of the Zoom calls you were doing? Was working on the songs for the EP? Fifty fifty, I think. I think maybe yeah. There was a little bit to finish on one or two, but they were they were pretty much done. But okay. I think we'd only recorded two in the studio at the time. So I mean, get it, one for example, we'll see. Wasn't that a lockdown song? Because no, we really so. but, we, but we hadn't recorded it. That is true. Um, so the, like the, the actual studio sessions got put back as well. Yeah. So we've done two or three sessions over for the, this EP. So it's kind of come together over a, a little while. And yeah, I, I, think, I think we maybe finished a little bit. And we were working on some new stuff as well. So Yeah, of course. They were mostly done before lockdown 
one of the tracks on the EP we built on through lockdown because we hadn't recorded it and we just wanted to raise its level a little bit because we felt like we could. Okay. Um, because it that, that was it was actually it's track one fifty, which we wrote in about a minute fifty. Oh wow. Like while we were in a rehearsal room, we were just in the middle of a rehearsal and we just came out with that. And the song pretty much came together in an instant. Wow. And then when we realized that we were going to have to record it, like, you know, studio recording, (laughs) we had to sit down and learn it. And then we (laughs) built into it like we do. We can't sit down and play through a song without going, how about, how about trying this? Or what happens if we try a little break there? Or I feel like it needs something there. Why don't we do it? So I love that. That song went through a little bit of an evolution through lockdown before we got a chance to finally record it. Did you guys play out a lot? I know you'd mentioned the uh, show at O2. Did you guys get a chance before the lockdown hit to to play out a lot? Well, we had that was a, one show. That was one show. We had like uh, the, the album launch when we were called Scott's New Band. Um, yeah, a few months before we, we did that was a, a small, show with... Thing. Our producer, Mikey, has his own band called Desert Ships. You should check them out. They're, they're brilliant. Oh, sure. they, did, they did an album launch a few months before. So we played, but we didn't have the name at the time. I think we were called Scott's New Band. Yeah, I think so. Or Special Guests. It was something like that. <laughs> something amazing. <laughs> but even then, but, like the stuff we were playing wasn't the same stuff we... we yeah, yeah, it was different. Only, and, because again, everything is always moving and changing for the yeah, and stuff. So like it, it was really the O2 gig that um, things, the things came really together well. and we had the name and, and we felt we were in a position to actually tell people we're in a band. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys it's haven't had a really... It's an actual band kind of thing. So you, you know? guys haven't had a chance to really you know play these songs out in front of people yet? No. No. Wow. We were trying to um, arrange... It, it was the worst possible timing, really. Yeah. It was. Because we, we went in the practice room for a month before that and we just we went after as well before studios and stuff like that. So, I mean, we, we gelled as a band, but we have nobody to show how fucking good we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how was that? And then, and then, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, Cause, cause obviously, you know, you had, we had the first lockdown. So we, we sat down and we had a chat about how we were going to ride out this lockdown. What were we going to do? We'd had to change our entire approach yeah. for like, you know, we had a, we had a plan. However vague, there was still a plan of like, once we play that first show, you know, building up to that single launch that had to get rearranged. And then we had to discuss like, what do we want to do? We had people talking to us about live streaming shows and we had to sit down and just be really honest with ourselves. And luckily we were all in agreement and we were just like, at this stage, we don't want to do a, a live stream show. So thinking we'll ride out this lockdown summer comes, we go back in the studio and we start building towards finishing off the EP and then start looking at booking shows for the beginning of 2021. Obviously, that then went out the window because we had second lockdown, third lockdown, the whole lot. And now we're in this sort of limbo again where we don't know exactly when everything is going to be possible to book stuff in and start playing. 
So it's been weird. We had some dates penciled for doing like a, an EP launch here in London, but because the, the lockdown here is extended, that's had to be kind of shifted, but wow. a lot of the venues have kind of had their date shifted as well. Date, the, their calendars are filling up, so there's, there's not a lot of space to actually get booked in places as well. It's, it's quite yeah. frustrating. Yeah, poor guys, like they the booked in for the first week that they that now longer they can really have these shows going, even though they booked them in. And it's just like people booking light rigs, like all of that stuff around it, people building stages and stuff. They yeah. kind of Mm. You guys are, are literally in a state of limbo because you don't know if the you know, venues are like taking possible bookings, but nobody's really sure what's going to happen at the end of the yeah. day. There's one. There's a really good venue here um, that have offered us like a socially distanced show, but it's like 40 people, and it just doesn't. And and it's all like table seated and things. It just doesn't feel like us. Yeah, for what um, we play, for what we play, playing to a bunch of playing to a bunch of people sat down at tables like a sort of weird political party function. Yeah, I have to say, <laughs> I have to say that. Have you guys seen this old uh, ACDC live performance from the seventies when uh, Bon Scott was still alive? And it's like in a school. Um, what the fuck is it called? It's assembly hall in a school. Okay. And the crowd is sitting down and you have Bon Scott literally there with, you know, no knickers and his dick is like half down his leg. All the beautiful, <laughs> beautiful fucking voice of a man. And it's like everybody's sitting down and like really cheering it on. And I mean, the gig is fucking electric, yeah. but it's well, like, I, mean, I haven't seen the cameras pan over and it's just people sitting down like, yeah, <laughs> you know, obviously, because like they, you, you see, you see all the footage of like Led Zeppelin and the Doors touring through places, you know, like the uni halls and stuff, the student bars where everyone was just sat on the floor. Yeah, but mm. the, I think the thing is, is if it's, it was a packed house and everyone was sat down, like it's sort of like welcome kids, welcome to the modern guilt story time. Take your seats and <laughs> and I'm going to take you on a little journey. <laughs> That's fine, but when there's so much empty space. Because yeah. people are socially distanced, it just adds an extra, like sort of chasm between us and who we're playing to, yeah. which makes me feel quite uncomfortable. The thought of it, because I've never actually done it, I haven't played to a half-empty canteen, so I can't tell. Me, Scott, I've done that before, and it's 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 terrible. Don't tell people. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You cannot have to a band touring shitty toilet venues across the UK not to have at least one or two gigs where you play in front of the janitor, the sound man, and a bartender, and maybe his girlfriend who's holding her phone. That's it. Like, it was a really good gig, actually. It was a great gig. I mean, the sound guy said it was the second best gig he'd seen that month. Yeah. Like, it was good. That month, yeah. And it was... Yeah, it was the second, it was the second day of the month. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, so you've got this EP, and it's, it's called You're Welcome. How did you guys decide you're welcome? Because I think that's fantastic. It's all right. Don't worry about it. It's all right. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. It's basically been a running joke ever since we met and started playing. Um, when we were demoing, hoping for the hoping, and we were just chatting, and you could hear me just go, you're welcome. And I honestly thought it was the greatest name for anything, really. Like, you know, anything that you put out artistically, just to call it, you're welcome. Because... It's it's quite it's very polite. Yeah. But it's equal parts polite and massively arrogant. Yes. <laughs> it summed up my very English approach to things. 
which is like, I'm better than you, but I'm also very polite. Do you guys, uh, do you guys listen to a lot of podcasts? Yes, I do. Okay. A lot. Have you ever heard, and far be it for me to promote somebody else's podcast, but have you ever heard the one, Your Favorite Band Sucks? I, I've listened to a little bit of it, but it was a long time ago. Okay, it's awesome. It's it's kind of satirical because it, and I'm not, I have a hard time deciding if if it's literally satire or if I know some of these bands they actually think do suck because episode one was the Beatles. <laughs> Oh, so he's basically going through don't ever meet your heroes because there is always something that the guy really liked this music. Kind, kind of, but it's, it's it's actually a critique on all their music. This guy, uh, it's his name's Tyler Mahan Co. And he's, right. he's a musician. His dad was a big outlaw country star, David Allen Co. So nice. if, if you like American country from the 70s, his dad was huge. So awesome. yeah, so he actually knows what he's talking about musically, and they. So, so wait, hang on, are you saying that he sat down and he listened to Yellow Submarine and he said that's a terrible song? It's shit. Well, it's not a great song. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. But um, he goes. <laughs> episode one was the Beatles. Episode two was the Rolling Stones. Yeah. He, he ends okay. every episode with "You're welcome for listening to your favorite band sucks." And that's wow. so when I saw the the title of the EP, I was like, oh, these guys are awesome. I, I get it. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. I mean, I was once I was once accosted by a homeless drug addict in the street who went off on a big ramble and he had a real problem with the Rolling Stones. Um, because he, he, he basically went on this whole tirade about how he can't understand how the Rolling Stones are famous because all they did is play muddy waters backwards and make millions. But he's right though. Yeah. They just and I was like, for, for a deeply unhinged man accosting <laughs> me on the side of the road, I, I, I hear you. I really hear you. I you have a point. It. This is a well-founded argument, which I can get behind. That. Yeah. That's a good hill to die on, man. Uh, like, I completely agree with that. Stone sucks, man. I, yeah, I'm no, not. Great. great. I mean. <laughs> the, the only I one I had. The stones. I also love Muddy Waters. Well, yeah. yeah. And this is this is my controversial take. I fucking I hate Queen. I cannot stand the band Queen. Yeah. I don't like Queen. I at think all. Bohemian no. Rhapsody I, is the worst song ever recorded. I see the importance that they they have, and I mean I respect the mark they left in on music history. Exactly. But, but they're I, not. I don't think they're that good. I think the talent is good Perms. songs. Perms. <laughs> Perms. I've got nothing. I've got nothing against perms. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. It's like I wouldn't. I wouldn't want a perm. And as Idol said, I wouldn't fight a man with a perm either. No, Kenny G will probably kick your ass. Exactly. I'm not going to badmouth Kenny G ever. It's just not going to happen. Badmouth Kenny G. That's illegal. But I've got no problem with Queen. The other no, I have with Kenny G, but I don't like Queen to be honest. The other I wouldn't listen to Kenny G either. Just put it out there. <laughs> the other side Mom. of that podcast is that they will tell you how all these bands suck, and then they'll start extolling the virtues of Limp Biscuit and Creed. 
Oh, fuck off. Creed. There we go. Creed is like, aren't they the only band who got sued for being shit and they lost the lawsuit? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Neil Young actually got sued. I don't know if he... For if, yeah, when he, okay, so like the early 80s when he did... Um, Landing yeah, on, was terrible in the 80s. Oh, yeah, when he did like Landing on Water, um, Life. Oh, my <laughs> um, Neil, Neil and the Blue Notes, the Shocking Pinks. He was on Geffen Records, and David Geffen actually sued him for not making Neil Young music. <laughs> so, wow. How I, did it go? Did he I win? I, uh, no, I, th I think... Surely to... it would have been thrown out in court because by definition, any music that Neil Young makes <laughs> is Neil Young music. Yeah. I think, I think Neil won, and I think. So he, he actually recorded some decent albums and just held them back. So once he got out of his like five <laughs> album deal with Geffen, that's when he released Ragged Glory. Yes. That's a great album. Which, yeah. Insane album. So, all right. So back to you guys. Other podcasts and well, artists. That's enough aside. about Neil Young. Yeah, now to Modern Kill. Yeah, <laughs> So, Jazz, do you write all the lyrics? So, yeah, that's probably the only thing that I do, which which the other guys in the band don't have an input on. Okay, and it's primarily because I'm very precious. The only thing I'm precious about is the lyrics. I'm not precious about cut cutting verses, cutting lines, provided that the the sentiment is the same. So if it fits the structure of the song that we are sort of working with and trying to evolve, then, you know, if there's something that I really love, I can just say to them, this is something I want to keep this line, what this melody, whatever it is. And, and they're like, cool. But yeah, when it comes to just writing the words, they do come out of the um, gaping abyss. That is my mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a question and I just got another notice from, I, I'm starting to question Skype's timekeeping ability here. Or Zoom's time timekeeping ability. Because I just got another notice, so we may have to do another link here before we we're all set. Wait, old man, don't you worry. No right. stress, man. So, the, I have a question about the lyrics to Double Denim. Cool. Yeah. What What did Canada do to you? Why are you so mad at Canada? Hey, man, I'm I'm not mad at Canada. I'm not. So the whole the whole point of it is, you know, so wearing double denim. One of the you know one of the names is a Canadian tux. Oh, okay. All right. So, so yeah. that, that's what that's what it is. So the opening line is just a nod to that phrase. Okay. Toronto Soul is just a nod to what comes later, which is Canadian Tux. Okay. thing is just it's yeah, it's an homage to denim okay it's, it's it looks back over the years of denim and how denim has been there in sincerity in irony and back to sincerity again all the different places that it's turned up in it's a survivor it's a history of denim in one song <laughs> exactly excellent all right well yeah. now i have i have a newfound respect for it then i was i was going to try to defend canada which is hard to do but... <laughs> <laughs> it's big it's big and it's cold it is i wouldn't want to be put in charge of defending canada either they're very polite though i will tell you that 
I've heard. Every- I mean, there's a, yeah. I don't really want to go down this route because recently there's been a lot of stuff coming out about Canada. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so, we'll, all right, moving on. Um, <laughs> <let's>, uh, <laughs> Politely moving on. <laughs> yeah. What's it all about? Hang on. So, the EP, I, I love the music. Shadowboxer, I think, is my favorite song. I, yeah, it's one it, of my favorites. It sounds like the fix is playing all along the watchtower. I love the riff on that. <laughs> yeah, you just thanks. So thanks we, we'll isolate that. Um, <laughs> we'll do. Do you guys? So the EP is like it's like uh, what five songs? Let me yeah, pull it yeah. up here. All right. Do you have more songs? Is there an LP in the in the, in the works? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we we recorded in our last studio session in March. Which that was when we we recorded 150, which was like the final track for the album, uh, the EP. We recorded another few tracks, which are we're probably likely to put out later this year. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, they fucking rule. This is the best <laughs> shit we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. They get this EP out of our, the way. So our, we can move our producer, on our producer still to send us the first mix, but he says it's incredible. Oh yeah. He says. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's but, a shame. Yeah, the, the, the tracks, the, the next tracks are like this EP is kind of like a, a bookmark of our first yeah, first sound. It's yeah. a bit more garage rock, this EP. Yeah. The next few that we've got recorded, it's a bit more progressive. There's, okay. there's like world percussion instruments. Um, there's by, that, by that, what Scott means is that he sat in the studio for five hours he bought every extra <laughs> percussion instrument he could get his hands on. You know, he'd, yeah. he'd rinsed the internet and music shops and anything that he could find and basically brought in half a carpentry shop and just yeah. said, I am going to lay down all of these <laughs> and then we're going to see. And I've got the most fantastic footage of Scott on his own, <laughs> mic'd up, little- just, just with like cowbells, wooden blocks, little little sacks of beans. Which is yeah. Yeah. Oh, the sack. I love the sack. Oh, I'm going to isolate that now, too. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Shout out to the sacks. I love the sack. Yeah. yeah. Kenny G. <laughs> like, we only had like half an hour left to do vocals, guitars, and drums. But... Yeah, it took us about 20 hours. Yes. Um, and then and then we did the rest of the track. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very percussive uh, record. Yeah, we're moving <laughs> a different direction on this one. Um, you know. <laughs> Album kind of yeah, stuff. But luckily, the guys trusted me to uh, <laughs> come and get us. Yeah, you really delivered that one. It's yeah. a tribute yeah, to Jim yeah. Krupa. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when we were in the stu- when we were in the studio, Scott kept saying, "You know, are you you guys have you got any like cool photos of me or like any any videos of me like on the kit?" And um, and we were like, uh, "No," because like we're all we're, we're we're live recording, we're tracking, you know, the, the rhythm section. So we're all playing when you're playing. So I made sure to get as much footage of Scott doing his extra percussion stuff as possible. And that's all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my phone was full footage. Of, yeah. of about 25 minutes of various clips of Scott with a cowbell. 
Yeah. It is deliciously looking, though, I have to say. Oh, we yeah. need more cowbell. <laughs> you get more cowbell. <laughs> hey, I had him on, too. Yeah. Did you? Albert Bouchard, yeah. Wow. Jumper for Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, I remember a funny story, actually, when we were recording the cowbell. So on our Instagram, I think Jazz put up a, an Insta story of, uh, of me recording, going, ding, ding, ding. And you put, um, what did you say? Something like, uh, Scott's got a fever, like as a reference to the Saturday Night Live sketch. And my mum is like relentless on Instagram. <laughs> like, she loves so she, she sent us like a, a DM going, and, you know, bear in mind all COVID and stuff. She's yeah. like, Scott, has he got a fever? <laughs> I'm like, so I, I'd spent like an hour like explaining to my mum what was going on about it. Um, the, the sketch. I sent her like clips of the sketch and stuff. Well, you see, back in the seventies, like, like, oh, very good. <laughs> there's this band called Blue Oyster Cult, and yeah. there's a song. Don't fear the. It, yeah. So the songs are the they're this perfect pop length. I mean, the the longest is is what just under four minutes, right? So, yeah. and you guys said you've you've got you've kind of gone a little different route with some of the newer stuff. Do you plan on? stretching the songs out a little bit live or are you going to be actually it's funny that you mentioned that because we were talking about the same thing when we were writing the album because obviously one of my favorite songs of all time is liar liar by the castaways oh. and how it's like 243 or something like that and like music in the 60s pop music radio music they were not longer than two minutes and 40 something odd seconds yeah thank For me, you it's like, most yeah, because the best thing is when you finish with it and it's good, you listen to the entire song again. But if you have something four or five minutes, like it's it's a decent enough meal to fill you up. You might listen to something else. But if you have a short, you will listen to it again. And we had that ethos when we started recording like rock songs, man. It's like, fuck, just make it short and nice. If you like it, you listen to it again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we also have made like the later songs we kind of made them in the way that you can modify them in a live situation to make them a nine minute jazz odyssey. And uh, you know, yeah. if you want to, not that we will, but no, we, we, will. we will. And we'll get all that percussion that I talked about. But yes. Incidentally, yeah. it's also the name of my sex tape, nine minute jazz odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's a bit saying that, you know, we've got get along, get Actually, along, which has got like a sort of 32 bar instrumental. And we've always spoken that is something that we can drag out as long as we like because there's there's a huge um shared love of brian jonestown yes massacre yeah it's a lot of what we do is when because we've all got diff slightly different influences as well we're always kind of bringing in each other to this sort of common ground in the middle and trying to prevent each other from going off on a massive tangent of one of our very niche influences right so we spent, well, I spent a lot of my time reining Andreas back from, from you know, a three-minute guitar solo, like sort of BGM-inspired. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you get cuts in there as well, I guess, but, and I don't know what you're talking about. They're always, they should be like, Well, you know, Get Along and Shadow Boxer, I can actually hear them being extended and doing the, the extended jam live. I mean, those, they kind of lend themselves to it. I think yeah. the original demo for both of those songs were like nine minutes long. Oh, yeah. wow. But that's, that's another thing about when you go and see your favorite bands live, like you'll know the song that's on record, but it's exciting to... God, Zoom sucks. <laughs> it gives us like a little toilet break, so that's, we're all good. That's a good point. That's a good point. Mine will be coming up with the next break. 
because I've finished my coffee. Under your legs or something. <laughs> well, I'm not even wearing pants, so. Oh, wow. So I'm so glad we've got a video call going on here. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, that ain't it. What the hell did I just do? Oh, Jesus. Anyway, so we were talking... Wait, wait, wait. We were talking about um, seeing your favorite bands live because the uh, the songs change oh, yeah, and expand yeah, yeah. live. So yeah, so one of the exciting things about going to see your favorite bands, you you know the songs from the record, but you know great bands like when you when you go watch them live, they'll do maybe a slightly different guitar solo or extend an intro or an outro or something. Just it, it keeps you like on your toes if you like as as in the audience you you don't know what's coming yeah even though you know you you know the song but it's it's i mean it's great yeah i mean it's good and bad i mean i for example again i'd say like nine times like i went to see quetzal many many years ago and they they were doing this it was a song between avon and they just blended perfectly in into uh the lost daughter keeping a secret i think it was okay and in between there they just had this like nine minute long interim not a jam, but it's just the way how they progressed into the two songs without changing. And it was practiced. It's like you can, there's like tiny parts with breaks and you can like, these guys have actually practiced this. It doesn't exist anywhere else than in front of me right now. It has been created for this purpose only. Because if it was recorded, it would be cool, but it wouldn't be the same thing as me being the one out of like, what was it? Like 2000 people there at that point. Like, wow. thing. And I mean, that that's what makes music live music especially like magic you know and yes it's good to hear bands that titan just play the album that's cool uh but then also you have that thing you know when a band progresses from being a really good band to watch to one of your favorite bands to watch is when you have shit like that going on absolutely like the always evolving live set and I think we kind of made all of our songs open ended in the in the way that we can always talk about with everything. Yeah, like the way like we go with it. Your guitar sounds, yeah. or we have, or just have a, like a little groove at the start or something. Yeah, you always have something going around, and then there's always a new take on how you approach your music because it's a hard one playing your own shit over and over again. You're gonna end up kind of hating it at some point, and if you fuck about with it, it's kind of like. You know, if you have a marriage and you try swinging, I guess, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, hey, you just keep it. Incidentally, the, the swingers community <laughs> has been hit hard by COVID. That, oh. So we're, we're in the same boat. You know yeah. what? Yeah. They are, they are the unnamed victims. Swingers, <laughs> swingers are Maybe really the, the forgotten that. victims of COVID. Thank you. Yeah. I think, you know, <laughs> so thoughts and prayers. Yeah. No keys in a bowl. <laughs> Yeah, Where's the relief for sw for swingers? Where's the, the 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 government relief for swingers? Yeah, we're we're, we're actually starting a petition. Oh, um, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll let you know. Yeah, so you, can, you can you can spread the word. I will. I'll I'll um, sign it. I mean, I I don't know what if my signature will count overseas, but you know, that's all right. We're calling it what goes around comes around. Oh, hey, well that works. Um, but. Works with the thing because the thing is is like you know when you go and see a band and you you know you want to hear your favorite tracks you don't want to hear them play a completely different but i don't want to hear them play a completely different version. you know well, i want to hear but i hang on bear with me <laughs> let me finish so you know i i i would love to hear 
like we're saying, you know, an extended like instrumental or a different intro or a different outro or then bringing something in, but then dropping it out again and going back into the, the track I love. Just, to, you know, it brings something different. So I get the best of both worlds. I get to hear the body of a track that I love and has all the memories and all the emotions that come with it. And then also experience something that's happening, like you were saying, Andreas, right there. It's just between me and them, you know, like the audience and the band. It doesn't exist anywhere else. And it's like, you'll remember that. Like, do you remember the time when you saw, you know, Quatzer and they just did this sort of seven minute instrumental from, you know, between two tracks? It's like, yeah, it's just, you know, it sticks out as a very, a very sort of personal experience between you and this band. It is a fine line, though, because I have to say, the same year I watched a gig by Mars Volta on the same festival, and uh, I like Mars Volta a lot. I really like them. Did it go on for about two days? <laughs> no, it was the thing, because they had a 40-minute slot, and they started playing, and when they finished, they played two songs after 40 minutes, and that, for me personally, was a little bit too much, you know, because I didn't like them enough to revere them as musicians good. I just like, I really like the album. I just kind of want to see it live and see what they do. Yeah. Because I don't like, don't know them enough. But 40 minutes versus having, you know, here and there, it's a difference, I think. But it's, it a, it's something that we haven't had a chance to really sit down and hone because like we're saying, it's it's our live performance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the, it's the art that we create when we're on stage. So that has basically been, you know, kept in a cupboard under the stairs for 18 months. Yeah. And no one's really sure when we're going to let it out. So are you guys anxious to get out and play? Are you nervous to, since you haven't really done it in a year and a half? I mean, or is it a little bit of both? Uh, just, I'm nervous. Can't wait. I mean, like the past year, like we, we've had times when we've, we've been allowed to rehearse full band or be in the studio and stuff. And often at these points, we've not seen each other like in person for a couple of months. And it's just like, we're all really good mates. And it's just like so exciting and everything to like get in the room together yeah, and play. And, up and so shit. apart from that, the next thing is like, well, we want to get out and play live and can't wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrified. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, you you yeah. look it. I mean, I can't. As as we've already established, I can't sing. So it's it's always it's always a little nervy. But and you're very you know, reserved. Very quiet. Yeah. Very humble. Yes. Very. Humble. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pro I'm probably the most humble man. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say ever. I mean, you know, Jesus. He's pretty humble. But, pretty humble. So yeah, yeah. Take, take, take Jesus, you take Jesus out of the equation naturally. Okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make a claim. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stake a claim. But <laughs> no, I'm not very humble. Um, <laughs> but I, I get. I get really, really anxious going on stage. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's not. I mean, it, I would never change it for the world. If I didn't get anxious, all it meant is that I didn't care. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Where can uh, people find the album? How can they order the the EP and uh, keep track of what's going on with the band? Um, it's all like on every streaming site, download sites. We've got our own Bandcamp page. Most of our like handles and stuff are like Modern Guilt official. So you know, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, all, spot, yeah, um, Amazon, know, Spotify, Amazon Music, okay. um, that... iTunes, all that. Yeah, it's all it's all digital for now. Like, I mean, we, we're hoping maybe in a few months or something we might be able to get it released well, as like a vinyl, vinyl copy. Yeah, um, 
we we've got our own website set up now as well, which is modernguiltofficial.com. Have a look. It's great. <laughs> um do we have a Twitter? We have a Twitter. Do we ever use it? Yeah. Well, yeah, we do because Bobby Gillespie tweeted us. You did. Oh yeah, I don't have Twitter. So you don't, don't have know. anything. <laughs> no, that's you barely got a phone. Yeah. So you did you yeah, you guys did get the official approval of uh Primal Screams Bobby Gillespie. That's that's pretty impressive. He compared us to cars, was it? And there was a specific song by Cars. He was like, what the fuck? No, I think, <laughs> oh, you guys sound like early cars. And I was like, fuck yeah, cars. I remember them. This is really 80s band. So I looked at it and like, Jesus Christ, this sucks. And then like, they look like a really, really early car. So like, was he really, really sarcastic? But like early cars are actually amazing. Man. They're really, really cool. Um, Post-punk, post, post new wave kind of rock kind of thing. Uh, it's just later 80s, they didn't sound that great. But cars are cool. They went, yeah, they went more pop than punk back then. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> so then, they got paid money from the record label to sound a little bit more appropriate for everybody. Yeah, a little more all ages. Yeah, I'll so, take that money if anyone's dishing it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'll send you that ten bucks or something for doing this. Yeah, later Next time eventually. You might buy like a Zoom link. Yeah, so we don't have to and I'll fuck the man. It's great. We'll pay for our, you know, Andreas's Uber across the street. Yeah. Oh, that's that's going to be a, a quite a hefty. Price. I didn't get the direct. I didn't get the nice one because like rolling up to an interview a little bit late. Did you get the glamorous. XL? You did. You got like drinks and stuff in it. You were sat outside my house the whole time, just having drinks and food. So many drinks. They're all. I had to finish them. I felt they waste. Yeah, yeah. Them there. It wasn't. You know. You should well, have brought you, them in. Yeah. You can't waste that stuff in a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, you can't waste yeah. it any time really, but. Especially not a pandemic, but that made me think of, of, of one question. Since the band is still fairly new and it basically still in its infancy, we stunted growth thanks to the pandemic. But you guys have all been playing music for a while. What, what are you guys' feelings and thoughts and feelings on Spotify? And I mean, I've talked to a lot of musicians who've been in it for years and they freaking hate it because you don't get paid anything. How, yeah. how do you guys feel about it? I mean, is, I've heard it compared to artists being told, do it for free because it's, you're doing it for the exposure, which is a bunch of yeah. bullshit. I mean, to be honest, but everyone says that about artists. It's like, oh, do this for nothing because you're going to get the exposure. But yeah, I you mean, can't go on like that forever. No, it's exactly. It, it is right. It's like all that exposure kept me really warm last winter when it was very cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah no, I, and also like leak in my flat and I had a lot of exposure that could yeah, you can pay that. an exposure these days. Yeah, you can die from exposure. exposure. Yeah. 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 I think Spotify is one of those we, we live in a world right now where everything is edging to something that is the status quo that nobody likes. And I think Spotify and the whole internet in general is like you just have to go with it because it's the way that the future goes. If it's a good or a bad thing, it's I don't think I think it's a terrible thing. But that's the thing, it's like we don't really the way, the way that the, the consumption of music exists. Because the problem is it's insanely handy. Yeah, that's yeah. it's yeah. amazingly handy, and the way that it works with you liking songs and sending playlists and finding new shit because you have a super intelligent computer that knows what you like before you even like know that you like it around there to show you what's good. It's actually genius because what it does, it just feeds on this thing that doesn't actually pay the creators anything. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, the the, the obvious problem is. How the hell 
are musicians supposed to survive? Yeah. You know, um, but then when you look at it in a, in a broader musicians. But if you look at it in a broader it doesn't, perspective, when you look at like the money in the music industry, when you look at, you know, the 40s, the 50s, and then boom, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, 90s, and then it's just dropped out again. So we kind of just come full circle really, really quickly. Well, I mean, you also have the thing is like uh, SoundCloud is kind of like, like if I, I think the problem with modern music, especially guitar bands like ours today, I mean, we are a bit older. We, we have come to the point where we actually have a little bit of a fluid income, but we've all been skimmed as musicians in our early 20s, living on 10 pounds a month. You know, fuck me. I was smoking cigarettes off the street, like, and I lived on a guy on fucking drug dealers fucking sofa for years were you and the one like, yelling at jazz about the rolling stones <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe not i guess i guess you had a different haircut at the time you i did have a different yeah, yeah. okay uh, so what i'm saying is like yeah i know how it is to be poor and like i'm just lucky i'm a bit older but now i have a disposable income so i can actually afford to fucking play music and i can imagine there's a bunch of fucking kids that trying to do what i did and even though it was way easier 10 years before i did it it's all going to be so fucking hard to try to do that because if you don't have the bank of mom and dad, this shit's going to be impossible to make. As the art, like if you look at modern art, for example, it's like it's created itself as this little, it used to be, you could be working class person making modern art and you could actually survive on it and you can do something good. But now it's kind of like, because it's so encased in people with money and privilege it's only for people of money and privilege. And like rock music is kind of like, guitar music is kind of like going that way and it kind of feels like. And because- it's, it's, a, it's a luxury essentially. Like to be able to play music is a luxury because yeah. if I had to work two jobs in order to just stay afloat, I wouldn't have the time or the money to be able to dedicate to it. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, like we're saying, you know, we're in a position where we can, we work, we've got enough money to like stay afloat and then we can do something we love. But there's no way of, it's well, there is, but it's a lot harder to like pursue music as a way of like getting out of like a dead end town. Yeah. Like people yeah. used to do, you know, yeah. you've got a talent, you've got a skill, you've got stories to tell and you can, you can move on. Yeah. You can, but I mean, you know, like, you, there's a lot of good hip hop these days that are kind of working, working really hard to like still preserve this thing that you can be come from a rough background and you can actually make it and you not make it, but you can make a living out of, you know, being a good songwriter and a good hip hop artist or a good soul artist. Like, yeah, the grind scene and, you know, it's pretty DIY. It's, yeah. So it's back to the DIY thing. But again, it's like those guys still don't get any money for the music. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, the last year has made it in incredibly difficult because the only with the uh, the state of the industry as it is the only way to make money is to uh, tour yeah exactly it's tour and you know merchandise sales yeah on tours for example and yeah. i mean maybe you know that's sort of gone yeah if you're lucky you get a commercial here and there you know yeah, yeah. so yeah well on that uplifting note I want to thank you guys for spending your afternoon with me. This has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed yeah, talking yeah. to you guys. Thanks so much for uh, inviting us on. Yeah. Great. Oh, it's my God.
you guys are always welcome to come back on if you want to talk about uh, anything. Take a break from talking about yourselves for a little while, except for jazz. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? It's only been it's only been like an almost two hours, and you've yeah. already clocked that. My mastermind topic would be the life and time of jazz. If you could probably clock it after a minute and a half. We could, yeah, we'll talk about anything, as you can tell. No, I mean, so much fun, man. We could possibly do an episode just on jazz. That could be a topic. Yeah, It it would get dark, man. It would get really dark. (laughs) This is actually not going to be on the episode. It's just me and Scott talking about him. Talking about jazz. (laughs) That's his own farts and then he smiles. I don't know why he does that. (laughs) If you guys yeah. have anything in particular that you want to talk about, something that that you're really I want interested to get off in, your chest. yeah, <laughs> something that's not jazz or the pandemic, we can. I'll be happy to to do another. Episode. I mean, I want to talk about the shortage of left-handed scissors. I'm a right-handed guy myself, but I mean, yeah, it's just weird. Hey, left-handed everything. I'm not sure how you can get an hour out of that, but we can left-handed <laughs> coffee mugs, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. initially a gap in the market for that. Tartan paint. That's another I, one. Tartan paint, yeah. I said <laughs> condoms. Stop with the box. <laughs> I had an idea for a convertible condom, but that's convertible. Well, like, like, an, like an open top. Yeah. Brilliant. You know, for when you need it. For when you yeah. need it. That's great. Exactly. So um God, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, have you guys uh ever seen there's this website uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but if you Google like useless utensils or useless tools, somebody makes these um, art pieces and it's um, completely useless tools. Uh, like uh, they have a fork, but from the, the, from the prongs of the fork to the handle, it's like chains. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's amazing. It is yeah. unbelievable. They have a watering can that's backwards or something. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing so it you know that kind of crap just blows me away i love it so yeah and if it you, also because it's yeah, formed, one of my one of my favorite phrases yeah. which was um just because you're special or unique doesn't mean you're useful exactly oh okay so you guys need to check out uh i think it's called demotivators.com you guys ever see those, those <laughs> stupid posters around your job yeah. be like teamwork this it's the exact opposite. There's like a picture of a sinking ship and it says, perhaps your life is just to serve as a warning to others. Um, <laughs> they have, there is a really, really good website like that. That does like uh, one of those inspirational, it does like all of these inspirational quotes, but it's an AI who's like randomly generates uh, inspirational quotes with nice little pictures on it. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. That's awesome. It's just Google AI generated life uh, quotes, or whatever, and it will you will find it, and it's brilliant. I would definitely that's- check that out. Oh, okay, yeah. AI. So I don't know if you guys have seen this on YouTube, but there's an account called Funk Turkey, and Funk rings a bell. Funk Turkey, and all they this guy does is he takes lyrics from popular bands and feeds it into an AI, and it spits out. <laughs> just random lyrics in the style of that band and he's done yes i have heard this it's amazing it's fucking weird have, man have you, the um he's they got one awesome the acdc one was incredible
<laughs> yes. But then again, if you think about it, ACDC do actually sound themselves like a computer playing music that sound like ACDC. If you listen to the latest ACDC release and the ACDC release 20 years ago, they Pretty literally much. put the same cards out of the, the ACDC hat of words and riffs they're going to play kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But they, they love it. Don't take me wrong. They're fucking awesome. But <laughs> I've never been a, a big ACDC fan, but because honestly, that AI song is my favorite ACDC song ever. <laughs> it's Every Great Balls. I was actually listening to a really good cover of Hell Spells this morning before I got out of bed. Dandy Warhol's made a really good cover of Hell Spells. I did. Uh, I had a show with Pete Holmstrom. Yes, I saw that. He was on the podcast. He is an insane guitarist, actually. Uh, he's so nice, too, man. He was awesome. I imagine, yeah. If And if you guys are big fans of Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and Dandy Warhol's, Yes, yeah. of course. Check out Black Rebel, Brian Jonestown Massacre, uh, fucking Warlocks. I really, really oh. like. Check out Pete great. International Airport. Oh, he's f- they're great. Yeah, because they're also in solo. I, he's yeah. some of the. I'm. I'm uh, I've got Chris Ollie coming on in a, in a couple of weeks, who's in part of Pete International Airport. So nice. I'm going. Well, thank, to- thank you for taking a break and bringing on. Us in between all these illustrious <laughs> characters. Very fair. Well, no, honestly, guys, uh, seriously, the, the the EP is so good. I really love it. Just to friends and just keep listening, man. And like, we really appreciate you liking it. Oh, I, yeah. I, I really do, and I'm and I'm so thankful. Scarlet posted about you guys because otherwise, you know, I, I may have not made the connection. So I, it's uh, mm. uh, at this point, this is I get so much stuff so many promos in the mail like i'm trying to look here i got i've got like five and thank i love cds so i get like five promo (laughs) cds that i haven't heard yet i get there's this like oh okay andreas you'll like this uh prosthetic records they have a lot of uh really heavy stuff it's like actually that that brings me to a question i have for you like because obviously like it seems like you you listen to a lot of new music these like probably more than i do how, how is guitar music? Is it alive? What's happening? Is it, there any good music around? Oh yeah, there is. It's it's oh, not easy to pick out. I mean, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of everything out there, and uh, it's going through weird phases because you don't hear a whole lot of the shredders. Like when I you know when I was growing up, you know I'll be forty eight on Monday, so it's. You know, I, I I did have Dave Weiner on Steve Vai's rhythm guitarist, so yeah, I love that stuff. But you don't hear a whole lot. There's a guy named Pliny out there who's incredible, but you don't see a whole lot of that being pushed now. No, um, so there's no no emergence of a new scene or anything like that. That's worth <clears throat> checking out. I it's there's a lot a lot of super heavy stuff, like. Death metal. That's just always been around, though, man. Like, metal has this weird kind of fan base that is like, they're always going to be there. Oh, metalheads. But there's a very little in between. Like, there's there's not a whole lot of hard rock. That I, I think mm. metal has a problem. It hasn't reinvented itself properly. I agree. It needs to itself. Like, because now it's just a bit shit. And I think emo did a lot of damage to that. I, I don't know what you think, but I think personally that, that kind of when I stopped listening to it, when people started singing about how much they hate their parents. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm not a big emo 
fan myself, but yeah, I I don't like it. But then again, they kind of took that like whole metal thing, and I think as a metal fan, that you should always be welcoming to other metal fans, even though they're not real metal. Sorry, <laughs> big rabbit ears coming up there. <laughs> because, you know, it's subcultures, man, and mm-hmm. metal fans have always embraced each other because we are of a subculture that is not liked with by everybody else. It's like if you okay. like this, then I'll you can fucking stay on my roof mate and yeah. that's in sweden especially it's like that like you can spot a metalhead oh yeah <laughs> because we're always nerds man <laughs> it's and like it's very inclusive and very welcoming to be honest if you like that stuff you know if you're you're probably um, familiar with it already but prosthetic records they've got so much stuff which you know I mean, this, I relax, this, I relax this, this sounds like the perfect topic for one of your one-off shows, we should. And, and Andreas, Andreas can come on and just dis- because I'm, I mean I don't listen to a lot of this stuff, so I can't sit down and and engage with Andreas on this level. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I right. say that, like I love to talk about metal, but like if I look at what I've been listening to for the last year or two years, it's mostly Mariah Carey, school soul, and like instrumental samba music. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I I will shoot you a list. Of- ride home. I'll shoot you a list of uh, some metal bands you can listen to. I'll send it to the to Scott the email, and uh, on your Uber ride yeah. across the street, you'll have like an hour's worth of. Music. I don't have my own laptop, so I'll have to come here. To check. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, what what do you listen to? What are you into? Oh man, I mean, I listen to like I'm a I'm a huge fan of of like Dylan, Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits, and then the 60s and the 70s like you know soul motown and then you know all the you know the stones the beatles i love i do love all that i still do like the 60s pop and stuff all right i'll, um, and I'll give you a couple of people pop. to listen to so there's uh this unsigned bit you, you probably know this this lady because she's friends with scarlet uh hawk percival yeah she- yeah Autumn is awesome. Um, there's another lady, uh, Che Ami Dorval. She's incredible. She's played with Devin Townsend, and she was one of my, the early people on the show. She's just she's got a a couple of albums out, and she's about ready to release something new. But she's got this really soulful voice. Really, really, it's it's like smooth. That's hard to describe. She's flipping awesome though. Nice. So, all right, Scott. What about you? What are you listening to? I guess the first sort of music I got into was around the Britpop scene. And then there was always like George Michael, Wham, Ellie Madonna. Again with a George. George, George. <laughs> uh, like uh, Fleetwood Mac. Um, that was always around when I was younger. And yeah, got into like old sort of 60s, 70s, Motown, but that's Soul. Always- um, it's always inspired your drumming, and that's like, yeah, yeah, like a lot yeah. of the high hat work and stuff. It's fucking brilliant. Man. Well, if if you're interested in covers, uh, my buddy that I was telling you about is about to release an entire covers album. Uh, Jordan Zadarazi, Blink of the Star, he just released a single. He did he covered Madonna's ho- uh, Holiday. Oh wow! And it's amazing. So go to Bandcamp, check out Blink of the Star. And it's, I'll definitely do that. It's, uh, I've got, I've got that. See that, um, the Immaculate Collection that her, is like her 80s greatest hits. Yep. I've got it in vinyl. It's one of the best albums <laughs> of all time. Well, it's just Scott, Scott, yeah, Scott yeah. once, Scott yeah. once sent, sent through a, an immaculately edited video 
of him with a toy saxophone <laughs> playing along to George Michael. Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper. <laughs> you, you said we wouldn't tell anyone about this. It's, it's my favorite uh, piece of cinema. I get like six it's people up. listening, so don't worry about it. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're about to lose this yeah. uh, meeting too. So, guys, thank you so much for, for doing this. Do it. All right, cool. And I'm, thank, thank you. And so thank you so much. much. Thank you so much for this. It's been wonderful. Oh, my pleasure. And we'll stay in touch. And uh, always, please come back on. Let's do another one. Yeah, for sure. Of course, for sure, man. Awesome, guys. We'll talk to you Bye. later. All right, Mark. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.